Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here with my Assistant Director, Priscilla Weigel. Hi, Priscilla. Hi, Cindy. Good to be here. So we are doing part two of our podcast on infants and toddlers who bite, mm-hmm. and last time we talked about kind of the reasons behind biting in the little ones. Mm -hmm. And today we thought we would talk about strategies for those who are listening who, you know, probably understand the why of biting but still think, well, I need some strategies here because I've got some parents who are upset or who are calling me saying, what's going on? My, you know, I, you know, you know all the things that they can do. So so let's talk about some of the ways that, first of all, uh, maybe we talk about prevention first and then when that's not maybe necessarily working, uh, even some intervention strategies. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, we've talked in part one a lot about looking at your environment and making sure that you do have an appropriately um, set up world for those children to explore and play in. And if it is too crowded, if there are too many children in one area, if there aren't enough of the favorite toys, as we said in the earlier podcast, that can cause problems right off the bat. So uh, making sure that you have what you need to help children be successful. And also, are you there as that support person? During this age, you know that there are going to be some scuffles and, and you know, toddlers, that's why we, they toddle. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that there's adults really monitoring how kids are interacting. You're the one that really has to help them navigate their world. And so you're there to support them, to help direct them. Sometimes bites happen just simply because children bump into each other. Mm -hmm. And so if you're really keeping an eye out on the environment and on those interactions, you're able to kind of head those things off before they happen. If you have a child that you know is prone to bite, you're going to really set up a routine for shadowing mm-hmm. and it can't it doesn't always have to be the same person but if you wrote if you say I'm gonna take that child in the morning I'll be their shadow you can be in the afternoon mm-hmm. and you're gonna really watch for those telling signs like the child stopping looking at a child and you can start to see their mouth open and leaning in those are signs to get over there right away and remove that other child before the bite happens mm-hmm. um, and making sure that your choices for children are age-appropriate that they're they're not frustrated by what's around them. They're not frustrated. When you think about the job of a toddler or an infant, they should be having so much fun. They shouldn't have to have struggles in, nav- in navigating the world. Mm-hmm. We should be there to support them. So right. helping them do that is your job. So really, if they're not engaged with what you have out for them to do, they may turn to this peer next to them and think, huh, let me try this, because mm-hmm. last time that got a lot of reaction, right. and I'm kind of like thinking nothing's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, true. And if, I mean, that's that's a kind of a sophisticated thought process, but yeah, engagement is really important. Engagement and connection with you, and if you feel that, um, you know, if we're talking about prevention, looking at patterns, looking for patterns, tracking things, if a child is recur- is consistently biting, and by consistently means daily, 
if even if it's just once a day or multiple times a week, that's a lot of biting. That really, I mean, not that it's we're concerned about it for red flags for development, but it's something that you need to address and track mm-hmm. because what you may be find, you, what you may find is it's the same time of day. Mm-hmm. It's when this certain child happens to be lurking in their sphere. Oh, it's when there aren't enough trucks or there aren't enough dolls or there's they're at the snack table and they're waiting for the food and they're just wondering, hmm, I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to take a chomp on this person next to me. Again, that's sophisticated. <laughs> their, their mind's really not saying those words. But making sure that you are tracking for those patterns because that is really the quickest way to change the behavior is to say, oh, Bites are consistently happening between 10 and 11. Boy, snack time. That child must be hungry. Let's try that. Yep. Maybe they so need a drink of exactly. water. Exactly. Put him at the front of the line. Yes. If yeah. that's the child that bites yeah. and you only have one who's doing it, then, yeah, well, put help him be first Yeah. so he gets snack first. Right. So breaking the pattern, I'm hearing you say, is, is really important. Mm-hmm. Once he's not getting whatever it is that reinforces that behavior, then he'll turn to a different behavior. Mm-hmm. And we should give him, give, give her or him the, a different behavior to insert. Mm-hmm. So if, if there are those times that you see, wow, this, I've been noticing that this biting is happening. All, it, oftentimes, some of the coaches will say, when they're talking with providers, the providers will say, it happens all the time. But then when we start to track patterns, it really doesn't happen all the time. There might be days where we'll go without a bite, but then those days when they're really intense, mm-hmm. that's another time to step back and go, hmm, there's an uptick in biting. Why is that? Talk to the family. See if they've had a lot of sleepless nights, or maybe the child might be coming down with something. There might be a different reason. Somebody might be traveling. Somebody might be visiting. They maybe are staying up later because it's daylight savings time, and the child now is hearing the neighborhood kids out on the street, and it's really hard to wind down Mm -hmm. because it's still light out. And they're a toddler, and they're supposed to go to bed, but the rest of the world is all awake, and they know that because cognitively they're able to make Mm -hmm. those connections now. Well, and that relationship with the family is so important to Mm -hmm. everything we talk about. But, Mm -hmm. you know, an, an example could be, too, that the older toddler spent some time with a cousin or a friend sure. over the weekend or last night and that child happened to bite sure. and they thought huh, that's a behavior that kind of got something there, I'm going to try it yeah. and so that's, so you notice it the next day, but you would never know that maybe they've been bitten sure. or, or seen a close friend or cousin bite Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's the kind of stuff we just want to nip it nip it in the bud as Barney Fife used to say So, so looking at some of those strategies that you want to use, though, for that intervention. So let's say the biting happens, and what do you do? What do you do to help curb it and, and hopefully decrease it to the point of moving out of that stage? And one of those things is consistency. And I think if you work with multiple caregivers together, all being on the same page with the exact same reaction, the exact same way of dealing with it. So you know, removing the child away from the child that they're going to bite and saying, ouch, or no, not okay, or that hurts, we don't bite our friends. You know, you can decide on what your phrase is, but your phrase need to be, needs to be consistent across the board with parents and also with all caregivers involved. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, and also comforting the child, too, is comforting the child who is 
the one that's the victim of that bite mm -hmm. and helping them to see that you're caring for them and that child that's doing the biting is not getting the fuel for the behavior. You're saying to that child, not okay, or no biting or no bite, and then directly mm -hmm. moving to that victim to say, oh, that's so sad, let's go find some ice, and oh, ouch, that hurts, I know. Mm -hmm. And you're giving a lot of that attention, so hopefully that child that has been doing the biting is seeing, hmm, that isn't working the way I had planned. I was supposed to get the attention, but now you're giving it to somebody else, mm -hmm. the one that I bit. Oh, yeah. And, and that's a really, that typically is a great way to create a change in behavior. Yeah, that sounds great, and it's so positive. It is so positive, yes. So um, one thing, too, that just first aid is important, and also letting parents know, especially if there's a visible bite on a child, and those of you listening who have experienced this, there's nothing worse than a parent coming to pick up their child from child care and having a giant mouth mark on their mm -hmm. child's face somewhere yes. or on their body without yeah. having been told beforehand. Mm -hmm. So being proactive about the fact that there was an injury and what happened, that the care was given, um, and and perform that first aid. And um, were you going to ask, did you have something no, else that you wanted no to ask? Okay. No. So those are really consistently ways that it can curb biting. And when you have a child that is staying in that biting stage for longer than that, then we really do want to step back and go, okay, is there more to this? And going back to that, talking about the teething, are they getting molars? Um, are there ear issues and pain? Maybe they're having some pain in their ears and they're not able to articulate the fact that this is really hurting me and I'm uncomfortable. And so they're going to use a tool that's common to them, the, the biting. So we've seen children who, and it's, it's not usual, but we've seen kids who ended up with um, having a sensory issue yeah. and they really needed a chew toy yeah. or an intervention with occupational therapy to really help alleviate that whole need that they had to be have something in their mouth that pressure and chewing. Yeah. Now that's, you know, that that would be something you'd discover after you had eliminated other things. Mm -hmm. It makes us really sad when we hear that programs have a sort of strikeout for children who have so many biting yeah. episodes because then we haven't solved the problem. No. We've just sort of pushed it on down the road. And mm -hmm. if the child's biting, we know there's a function to that behavior. Everyone, we all know there's always a reason. And so getting at the function and then changing how the child gets about find you know, gets their goals met, mm -hmm. that's what we want for, for children, not just eliminating the whole issue by uh, expelling the child. Right, right. And we have a wonderful tip sheet. We and do. And we have uh, 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 other resources on our website, mm -hmm. inclusivechildcare.org, around biting uh, for infants and toddlers that we hope people who are listening who might want more information can go and find. Yes. Do you have anything else you'd like to say as you wrap up, Priscilla? Well, I just think to, that... It's probably the most common and uh, challenging behavior. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that you're not alone in experiencing that, that pretty much every provider across the board that you will come in contact with has dealt with children who have engaged in biting. So know that there are resources, as you shared, we have great tip sheets on this, as well as just calling us or asking us and going on our website and, and going through our Ask an Expert option. Mm -hmm. And yep. we are glad to be of assistance to anyone that needs help with ideas and strategies. Thank you.
Thank you. That's all for now. See you next time.